You're listening to the podcast of Church of the Holy Cross in Popper Bluff, Missouri, a community of faith learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at holycrosspb.org. Years ago, I saw an interview with the novelist Philip Roth. He had just published a new book called Indignation. The book is about a Jewish kid who grows up in Newark, New Jersey, as most of Roth's novels are. Marcus, the main character, rejects the culture and religion of his parents and chooses to attend an evangelical Protestant college in Ohio, even though he identifies as an atheist. The story is set in 1951, in the middle of the Korean War, and it explores multiple levels of conflict in the main character's life. Conflict with his parents, conflict with the dean of his college, conflict with a young woman at the college with whom he becomes infatuated. In the end, Marcus is expelled from the college and is drafted and sent to Korea, where he is gravely wounded. Although the author does not explicitly say that Marcus is killed in action, we are led to believe that this will be the result of the wounds he has received. In the interview, Roth talked about how death is a great way to resolve conflicts and struggles in a story, because death is ultimate and final, as well as universal. A character's conflicts cannot survive the character's death. When Marcus dies, all the loose ends are tied up. Death will always have the last word. I'm sure that every one of us has experienced death and grief. In processing that grief, we learn to accept that the person we mourn is not coming back, but that it is okay for our lives to continue without them. When my grandparents died, Tracy's parents had been thinking about moving down here from the Kansas City area, and they ended up buying the house that my grandparents had lived in for almost 50 years. For a while, they split time between Poplar Bluff and Excelsior Springs, and Tracy or I would go over to the house from time to time when they weren't there to make sure everything was still in order. Walking through the empty house still furnished as my grandparents had left it, It felt almost as if they had just gone out for a few minutes and would be back soon. I had to remind myself that they were truly gone and that I would not be able to see them again no matter how long I waited at their house. But tonight we commemorate a death that was not final. Our liturgy on this day is dark, somber, mournful. We experience real grief on Good Friday. In the Passion story, we enact, proclaim, and live out the final moments before Jesus' death. And how wonderful that tonight, that this year our reading is from the Gospel of John. John sometimes tends to be uh, the most opaque and theological of Gospels. We don't get a lot of stories in John, but we have a lot of pathos in this story tonight. Uh, Jesus on the cross seeing his mother and making sure that his mother is cared for when he's gone. 
In our liturgy tonight, we lament our sinfulness that led Jesus to the cross. But we also anticipate the liturgy that we will celebrate here tomorrow night, when we will proclaim that this is the night when Christ broke the bonds of death and hell and rose victorious from the grave. I once heard someone describe the services of Maundy Thursday and Good Friday as the first expressions of the Easter celebration. And I cannot think of a more beautiful way of conveying how the triumph of Easter comes through and from the sorrow of Good Friday. Christ's death leads directly to his resurrection. Vigan Garoyan is an Armenian Orthodox theologian and professor of religion, I believe at the University of Virginia. He once said that the basic liturgical pattern for Christians is based on an eight-day cycle. Sunday is the first day of the week, the day of creation, but Sunday is also the eighth day, the day of resurrection and the day of new creation. So the end of the cycle and the beginning of the cycle are connected to each other. Resurrection to new life comes from the death of the old life. In sacrificing himself and giving himself over to death, Christ defeated death and made all creation new. And again, how wonderful is it that tonight we read John in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The death, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus are separated into separate events, but John treats them all as one event. The death, the resurrection, the return to God are all part of the same event in John's Gospel. I conclude tonight with a story that comes from a Native American tradition, and this is a little bit of a paraphrase. It's changed a little bit. But in the old days, in the ancient world, when animals could talk and before humans had made their appearance and the animal kingdom ruled the world, the eagle was the king of all the animals. And the eagle was something of a tyrant. All the other animals were terrified of the eagle because the eagle could soar above all of them and could see everything that would happen. And the eagle was majestic and the eagle was great and they were all small. And every day the eagle would come out of his nest and would fly over the throngs of other animals and would taunt them and would say, I will submit to the animal here who can challenge me and beat me in a race. If some animal is great enough and fast enough to beat me in a race, I will submit to that animal and that animal will be your ruler. And every day, the animals went back to their homes sorrowful because they knew no one could ever beat the eagle. And one day, the lowly turtle had enough. The turtle accepted the eagle's challenge. She said, Eagle, I will challenge you to a race, but on one condition. If I win, I don't want to be the ruler of the other animals. I want you to set my friends free. The eagle, knowing that the turtle was a lowly and slow animal, accepted the challenge. And on the day of the race, they met. And the eagle said, okay, turtle, where are we racing to? How are we doing this race? And the turtle said, take me in your talons and fly with me as high as you can go. And then when you don't think you can go any higher, go a little bit higher and then drop me. And whoever gets to the ground first wins the race. So the eagle scooped up the turtle 
in his talons and flew up into the sky higher than he'd ever flown before until the air got thin. And when he didn't think he could fly any farther, he inched just a little bit higher. And when he was at the extreme maximum extent of where he could go, he let the turtle go. And the turtle plummets to the ground. And the eagle knows that the whole world is watching. And so the eagle takes this moment to show off. The eagle spreads his wings and is soaring above the animal, other animals, showing off his greatness and his beauty. And then the turtle is about halfway to the ground when the eagle realizes what happened. And the eagle folds up his wings and he dives and he tries to overtake the turtle. But of course he can't. The turtle hits the ground. And the other animals cheer because the turtle has won the race and they know that they're free. And they gather around the turtle for their victory celebration. And then they notice that the shell is cracked and the turtle is not moving. And their joy turns to sorrow because they realize that the one who has set them free has died in the process. They all start to go back to their homes, but one animal stays around just to see if something will happen. And as that animal is watching the dead body of the turtle, it starts to see a little bit of movement. And then they see the head come out of the shell. And then they see legs starting to move. And that animal calls the others back and says, come back. The turtle's alive. So the other animals gather around. The turtle gets up and sort of dusts herself off and shakes. And, and one of the other animals says to the turtle, how did you know? How did you know? that you would be able to come back to life. And the turtle said, I didn't. I knew that I would die. But if my death could set my friends free, then it was worth it. But it turns out that I've been given a new beginning. Amen. Amen.